0: What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bath. It is Monday. We are back. We got power rankings coming at you, team of the week, and so many storylines. We're in the middle of September, and the playoff race and the races for history are hot. This one is going to be a lot of fun. Let's get to it. a high fly ball deep center field it is gone home run and a huge back flip to celebrate all right ben start the show already i am here as usual joined by my friend colleague co-worker whatever co-host you know, like co-host i don't know we
1: can get a whole list partner, of things whatever going. whatever P-I-C? We could,
0: yeah we could we <laughs> keep going um alex curry alex i have a. Lo- I have a couple things for you okay first off the Rams, <laughs> not great. You, not you weren't here last Monday, so th- I didn't get a chance to say that the Rams were not good.
1: You can't judge based off of week one. Sure you can. I, I want to say that with there, so much confidence, only but 17. I can I know, I know.
0: Um, second off. Don't panic. We're in the middle of September, and there are some impressive playoff. I feel like things are really heating up in baseball.
1: This is besides the postseason and the playoffs, the best time of baseball because you're seeing teams, everything they have, literally giving it everything they got players Everyone's exhausted at this point in the season, but you have to make it to the finish line and you want to make it. Yeah. You want to get that one of those spots. So this is this is good times. That's
0: what good makes times. it exciting. And we are here now in the middle of September still. Most teams are pushing for the playoffs. We have two teams that are already officially in the playoffs. One being the Dodgers, as I talked about last week, and the other being the Houston Astros, who over the course of the weekend officially clinched a playoff spot for the sixth straight year. They are the second team to do so. Uh, They are on pace for 105 wins, which would be the second most wins ever for that franchise. Only the 2019 team had more at 107 wins. This Astros team, I feel like, just continues to slide under the radar, I, I think for a couple of reasons. One, the Astros aren't everybody's favorite team in the world. But two, the division Though getting better, um, the Mariners are certainly a much better team. Uh, the Angels were supposed to be better. Many of them, many people picked the Angels this year. Um, but but what were we doing here in the AL West? It was always the Astros. It will be the Astros, and it turned out to be the year of the Astros in the AL West once again. There was never a doubt about that, and it's been out of reach for so long that I almost think this Astros team just. Slides under the radar until you get to October, and then everybody's like, "Oh, the Astros are here. Oh, the Astros are pretty good. The Astros are going to be the number one seed in the American League. They've wrapped up the they've wrapped up the playoffs early in September, but the division title is just around the corner. Here in a couple of days, they will wrap up the division. Um, this team has done it all. Starting pitching." fantastic bullpen the best in baseball by far they have a bullpen era of 2.77 which leads all of baseball by a good bit nobody else is under three uh their starting pitchers a 3.04 era second best in all of baseball um the the accolades for this team go on and on the statistics go on and on it's from all over starting pitching great Bullpen great offense it seems like it's figuring it out at different times and right now everybody's rolling jordan alvarez is on another planet right now once he came back from his sore hand i'm rocking his shirt who's your daddy <laughs> who's your daddy who's your daddy <laughs> well it's jordan jordan is i watched the game the other day first three at bats he hit three home runs one to deep right center One to deep left center and then pulled one. I mean, this guy is on another planet. And then the very next game, the first at bat of the game, a home run. So Jordan's rolling. Bregman's rolling. Kyle Tucker's rolling. It seems like this team all at once is figuring it out as we are now just a couple of weeks away from October. And you know what October means? That means playoff baseball and the Astros, Alex, they will be there.
1: But I'm going to tell you, covering a team in the AOS for 10 years, the Astros have always been good. Yeah. They, they have been. Feels like for the last for decade, the better
0: part of a decade. The,
1: but I'm going to be honest with you. The reason they're flying under the radar is because people don't want to give them the attention. I, I don't know if you remember. You might, you know, not be a fan of me for bringing this up, but that whole trash can scandal, <laughs> yeah, that thing. It's still a bitter taste in people's oh, mouths. It, it is. So only time will heal that. We're not quite there yet.
0: It's been five years, Alex. I don't know who needs to hear this, but it's been. I five
1: years. I don't know. As being an Angels fan, Dodgers fan, we both we both got hit heavy. Yeah. By well, we by that on. time, could, you know. that's a story for a different yeah, time. Yeah. But the <laughs> Astros are great, and there's no denying that. And they are going to be able to, I think, redeem that and prove themselves again. We're we're seeing it now, even without it. They are. An incredible team. They have the full package. Not to mention your brother, who just came back and had an unbelievable, hey, don't forget about me. Yeah, I'm still here, and I'm doing
0: fine. (laughs) Justin has been pretty, pretty, pretty good. good. And uh, all year, really. And now he misses uh, about 18 days. Uh, He was the Cy Young favorite when he went down. Uh, He was a... Bit smaller of a favorite, but still the favorite when he comes back and then just shows the world why he is so good. He comes back after a couple weeks, throws five innings, does not give up a hit, didn't give up a hit, didn't give up a run, and struck out nine guys in five innings. I was locked in to every pitch, nervous as always, um, and sometimes I find myself asking, why are you even nervous? It's going to go well, but it's just, I've always been that way. I will forever be that way. Uh, but Justin has come back, dominated his season ERA for the full year, is now down to 1.78 in 159 innings. Now, just for reference there, um, that <laughs> that is pretty impressive. It's the lowest by an American League pitcher with at least that many innings in one year since Pedro Martinez's epic 2000 season, which was 1.74. The second lowest behind him ever since him. That is wildly impressive. At 39 years old, he's the oldest pitcher in the last 100 years with 25 strikeouts and zero runs allowed in a three-game span. So he goes down, he misses some time. You think, okay, what, what's going to happen here? How much time is he going to miss? Okay, then we get good news. It's not going to be a ton of time. Will he have to go on a minor league rehab start? Turns out that answer is no. How will he be when he comes back? Turns out the answer is pretty dang close to perfect. Um, it was unbelievable, his outing. He has continued to be unbelievable all year long. This is, numbers-wise, the best year of his career which is wild. He won an MVP. My brother is an MVP winner in 2011. He's 39 years old, coming off of two years of not pitching and Tommy John surgery, and he is better numbers-wise this year than that year and any other year. He He won the Cy Young Award in 2019, and this season, after two years of missing time on the mound, this is the best year of his career. It's truly unbelievable. Um, I am hopeful he marches to another Cy Young Award, but that's all accolades that, it, that we'll figure out at the end of the year. But what's impressive is is the year that he's having. Uh, the only other pitchers to do this, what he's doing, at 35 years old or older, now Justin's 39, not even really close to that 35 number because he's old, but... Um, at 35 years or older, R.A. Dickey in 2012, Roger Clemens in 1998, and Nolan Ryan in 1984.
1: Wow. Now, I don't have the kind of insider information that you have on your brother, <laughs> but from an outsider looking in, someone at his caliber, that competitive of an athlete at this point in his career, after having to sit some time out this late in his career, I imagine this slight little injury break that he got almost adds that extra motivation and that extra, oh no, you're not taking this away from me. I am almost to the finish line here. I am having one of the best seasons of my career. And just as an athlete and the person that he is, you got to imagine that that just kind of like sparked something in him for this comeback.
0: I I think, you know, it, It could have two factors here. One, you're right. Yeah, comes back and it's like, let's not forget what was happening here. Yeah. But two, it was maybe just long enough that it could be used as like, this could be a good thing heading into playoffs. You know, like his arm, he hadn't pitched in a while. This is a little break. Not that you wanted it or anybody asked for it. But now that he is back, thank God, avoided worst case scenario with the injury. It wasn't super long. Maybe it's just a little break. And now heading into the rest of the year, uh, he's still in position to win the award and then get into the playoffs and do some work there, but you're right. And, and this year, um, just to give you some numbers with this to, to cap this all off, to really drive the point home, uh, his numbers this year. Wins, 17, tied for the second most in baseball, leads the American League. ERA, 1.78. There's nobody else below a 2. He's at 1.78. Whip, 0.83. The best in all of baseball. I mean, all of these. Opponent batting average, second best in baseball. OBP, opponent slugging, the best in baseball. Opponent OPS, the best in baseball. My brother is the best pitcher in baseball, and he's 39 years old. And that's pretty cool. And he has meant a lot to this Houston Astros team. Um, He's a legend. He's a legend in the game of baseball. And uh, hopefully, one day, he's on the way to the Hall of Fame, which... I believe he is. I think a lot of people are in agreement there, but I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch. You know, I'm superstitious like that. But uh, another guy that is on the way to the Hall of Fame and maybe another that could follow, Albert Pujols, Aaron Judge, the quest for 700 and the quest for 62. Well, it's continuing and it continues. uh, Both of these guys, Albert Pujols, just Just FYI, Albert Pujols was the one I was saying is in the Hall of Fame. Aaron Judge was the one that, hey, you never know. Maybe, hopefully, we'll see. I'm rooting for him. Albert Pujols hits another one. He is at 698 home runs. Two away, if you're not great at math, two away from 700 home runs. He would be the fourth to ever do it. He's already in fourth place, the fourth most home runs of all time. But just getting to that number... Would mean so much for him, for the game of baseball, for me watching, for you watching. This is what everybody wants. And holes hit another one. By the way, we'll get to this on the Thursday show, but shout out Alex, her uh, pick to click. She needed that. Whoop. She needed that one. holes <laughs> is one closer. He is getting there. From one guy chasing history to another guy chasing some pretty big history, Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge, is chasing down the Yankees' home run record, which would be the American League all-time single-season home run record. The update on this guy is he just keeps hitting home runs. He hit two earlier in the week, and then on Sunday added two more to that total. He is at 59 home runs on the year. Unbelievable. One away from 60. 2 away from Roger Maris's Yankee record, 3 away, from you guessed it, breaking Roger Maris's home run record. Unbelievable. He is he's been chasing history for a long time. You know something I thought about was, you know, the pressure that comes along with this. There's a lot of pressure on him and he's doing it in New York. Nothing says I embrace the pressure than having 215 million dollars in the palm of your hand at the beginning of the season and saying, "No." I'm going to bet on myself. We should have known then and there that he was going to embrace the pressure, and he is just thriving right now. Two more on Sunday. The total is now at 59. So Pujols and Aaron Judge, honestly, this was a good update for you. They're getting closer. Pujols two away, Judge two away, um, but Judge is three away from breaking the record. So from those two guys, from those two guys chasing down history, Let's go on to another guy. We'll we'll talk about Aaron Judge. We'll talk about Shohei Ohtani in this episode's (laughs) MVPU. MVP update. Aaron Judge, Shohei Ohtani. As I just mentioned, Judge is now at 59. Two more home runs on Sunday. He is now one away from 60, and he would be the first player to hit 60 since Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa in 2001 and is on pace now for 65 home runs. The last time a player hit 60-plus home runs and did not win the MVP award was in 1999 when Sammy Sosa hit 63 and Mark McGuire hit 65 and they finished behind Chipper Jones. So, it's happened. It has happened before where a player hit 60 and did not win the MVP. On September 13th, last week, Aaron Judge finished the day with 57 homers, which was 20 more than what Kyle Schwarber had. He had 37. Kyle Schwarber had the second most home runs in all of baseball. So Aaron Judge, who was the leader, had 20 more home runs than the second-place guy. It was the first time a player finished the day That calendar day with 20 or more home runs than the second place guy since Babe Ruth in 1928 when he did it over Jim Bottomley and old Hack Wilson who had 23 home runs. Or he had 23 more. That is pretty remarkable. So yes, Aaron Judge is also in his own category with Babe Ruth. There's another guy In his own category with Babe Ruth and surpassing Babe Ruth and being in his own category. So, yes, Aaron Judge continues to march toward history. He could pass Roger Maris and break that record, but he is now 14 behind the record holder, Barry Bonds. Speaking of record holders themselves, Shohei Otani. He is a record holder. He has done things that nobody has ever done in history, not Not Babe Ruth, not Barry Bonds, not my favorite player, not your favorite player. It's Shohei Otani alone. 30 home runs in a season, 10-plus wins. Guess what? That's never been done before. He's also had another record-breaking stat this year of 500 batters faced and 500 plate appearances. Only Babe Ruth has done that. He's in the 590s for both, so give him another start And he will get to 600 and 600, which Babe Ruth never did that. Shohei Otani will alone, will be again alone as a record holder. So I just, where do I begin here? Every single MVP you, it just comes naturally, you know, I have to stop. Every single MVP you, I'm going to make a point about an argument that there is. And today's will be war, but I just can't. I keep seeing these quotes throughout. You know, Aaron Boone the other day said, Yeah, you know, Shohei could be having a better season than he had last year, but what Aaron Judge is doing is one for the ages. And it just makes me stop down for a second. Is this season, he said, the season that Aaron Judge is having is one for the ages. And that is true. What Aaron Judge is doing is one for the ages. What Shohei is doing is. The ages. I don't even know if that's a saying, but it is because nobody else has ever done it. Yes, Aaron Judge is having a season for the ages. Shohei Otani is having a season that nobody's ever done before. How can you get more than a season of the ages than that? You can't. It's not possible. Shohei Otani on Saturday added to this. He pitched seven innings, zero earned runs, three hits given up, eight strikeouts, dominant, and at the plate, added an RBI oppo double, drove in a run, and scored a run. So he was responsible for both runs on the offensive side. The team scored two runs. He was responsible for both. And guess what? They won the game because he shut them down on the pitching side of things. And all in that game, I mean, how can you get more of a, hey, put the team on my back, let's go, than that? You can't. In that first inning, he threw a sinker. Yes, a sinker. This qualified as a sinker because it moved enough at 101.1 miles an hour. He also hit an off op- the opposite field double was 106.8. He did both of those in the first inning of the game. Nobody has ever done that. Nobody's ever thrown a sinker at 101.8 and also hit a ball 106.8. He did it in the first inning of the game. That is unbelievable. So before I get into the war discussion here, Alex, I I just I, I struggle here because first off, you, you have these two players, right? You have Aaron Judge, you have Shohei Otani. They're both having historic years, right? One of these guys has to lose, and the other is going to win. But come on, stop, stop bringing down the other guy to prove your point. About one, these guys are both having historic years. Let's appreciate it while it is happening and stop bringing one guy down to argue for the other. Let's just enjoy this. It's unbelievable. You can't talk about Aaron Judge without, well, well, yeah, Shohei, but then on the other side, it's way worse. You can't talk about Shohei Otani at all without hearing, well, Aaron Judge, I, I don't care. Let's just celebrate each season while it's happening. Okay? Let's not bring one guy down just to argue against the for the other. We're not gonna do that. Alex, an interesting thing that I saw the other day. What? Um, John Heyman. Yep. Who I quite like. Yeah. I like John Heyman, a national writer. Okay. The other day tweeted about this race and said, you know. There is no New York bias. There's no East Coast bias. (laughs) Point one that's ridiculous in that. Uh, But in fact, there's a California bias. This was his exact tweet. East Coast bias doesn't exist. If anything, there's a California bias. Anyway, no good reason exists for anyone but Aaron Judge to win MVP this year. Just remarkable, but Alex, you know better than anyone that good old Orange County, Anaheim bias.
1: Let me tell you, have you been to a New York Yankees game? I have. Have you ever listened and felt the passion and the aggression of their fans? It is great, yes. There's not much that compares to Yankees fans. They live and breathe and die for their players. Doesn't matter what's happening. They are always, always, Gonna pick New York and pick their Yankees and have their backs. Now, if you've been to a an Angels game, it's like a picnic in the park. <laughs> Family's there, everyone's having a good time. It's mellow. Don't don't worry, you'll get the next one. It's a different energy. Mm-hmm. It's a different. I don't want to say how much you care, but the passion and the way that you care, just from a New Yorker to a California person. Oh, there is 100% New York bias. It's, John, a Yankees fan?
0: He's a Yankees fan. Yeah, yeah. the Yankees How, fans. How'd you know? Yankees yeah. fans
1: telling you that there's no bias because no matter what, he's going to find a way to always have their back and not make it seem obvious.
0: You know, when Shohei was having his, his once again, historic outing last night, um, you know, when that game ended, you know what people on the East Coast were doing? Sleeping. They were sleeping. They didn't even see it. So that proves the entire. But what do you mean there's no East Coast bias? Come on, John. Of course there is. Of course there's an East Coast bias. And that, let's not even, let's take the MVP discussion out of this because there is absolutely an argument for both. Aaron Judge is having the epitome of an MVP season. Shohei Otani is doing things that have never, ever, ever been done before. And this season is arguably better than last year when he was unanimously named the MVP. But to to go out and to say that there's no East Coast bias, and in fact there's a California bias, just to say that is wild. Come on, it's the New York Yankees. They're, They're the Yankees. They're the staple Team in Major League Baseball, I have no problem saying that. They're one of the wealthiest franchises ever of all time, and they are the New York Yankees. Things are just different when you're a Yankee. I understand that. But there's a Yankees bias, there's an East Coast bias, and there's certainly not an Orange County Anaheim Angels bias. Come on now. What a ridiculous thing to say. But I think uh, when it comes to the war argument, in Major League Baseball, an MVP award, because I do want to take every MVP you, I want to take a second to just mention one argument that I hear a lot. And this one is the war argument. Aaron Judge now has over a 10-F war, which there's not often that a player gets over a 10. It hasn't been done much in history. But the war argument in this situation, we, we can't use this, because of the factors that that go against Shohei Ohtani here. Is a 10-plus war season incredible? Yes. And again, this isn't a knock or anything against Aaron Judge because I'm rooting for Aaron Judge here. I want him to break every record he can. But when it comes to war, a specific argument that people point to and say even the war is higher, but Shohei has his pitching and his hitting war combined, and that's even behind Aaron Judge's. Well, let me tell you this. Shohei is listed as a DH. So automatically that's a negative 1.5 war against him because he's a designated hitter. For most designated hitters, guess what? That makes a lot of sense. Deduct some war from them because they're not out there playing defense and defense matters. Yes. The reason Shohei is a is listed as a designated hitter is because he's pitching every fifth or sixth day. That's why he's DHing. But so he shouldn't have that penalty against his war. Because it, yeah, he's DHing because he's pitching every fifth or sixth day. Also, war can't quite quantify. There is no way to put a number on this. That, yeah, not only is yes, yeah, Shohei's. You combine the war, but there's no way to say that's one player. You can't put a value on one player doing both of those things. You can't also put a value on, hey, guess what? One roster spot is doing this. There's another open roster spot. Because of what Shohei is doing as the ace of the staff and one of the best hitters. I say one of the best, there Mike Trout exists. So as one of the two best hitters on the team, you can't quantify that. War can't quantify it. So is it a great stat? Yeah, sure. Let's point back to and, and use it in, in history. But to use it in a one-on-one argument against Shohei Otani and Aaron Judge in an MVP debate just isn't the right thing to do because of the penalty that that Shohei Otani is given due to being a designated hitter. He should not obviously have that penalty, but he does. Whew, these MVPUs get me fired up. But from two guys that are um, all-time greats, Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge, to another guy that could be a MVP in his future, Julio Rodriguez. But we shall see. But let's talk a little bit about the Seattle Mariners. And he's a big part of what I what I want to talk about now and it's the Seattle Mariners as a whole and and some reasons that they're not just maybe going to get into the playoffs. This team is the real deal. They are legitimate playoff contenders. The Seattle Mariners are for real. And I want to give a few reasons why. The first is who I just mentioned, Julio Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez is a superstar, an absolute star in the game of baseball. He is the third rookie ever to go 25-25, which means 25 home runs, 25 stolen bases, but the first rookie to ever do it in his debut season. First ever in history, baseball history, pretty deep, pretty rich history. He also has five home runs, four forty seven average over his last 10 games. I mean, this guy is on a roll, one of three AL players age 21 or younger to do that, along with Ted Williams and Al Kaline. You may have heard of those guys. It's just remarkable. You just watch him play baseball. He looks like a star, was watching a game the other night. The Mariners had a 6-2 to lead in the ninth inning. They blew it. They got down. They looked like they were going to lose the game. Next up, Julio Rodriguez hits a home run to tie the game. He's clutch. He has the makings of a star. You know what? He already is a star. Julio Rodriguez is a superstar. And the reason, one of the reasons that the Mariners are legitimate contenders is because of Julio Rodriguez. Another one is because of all the power they have on this team. You look at October baseball. Pitching wins. We know this. So there's not going to be a lot of opportunities to string five, six, seven singles together, and next thing you know, you've scored two or three runs. you got to hit the ball out of the yard, and a lot of people on this Mariners team can do that. They have multiple guys with over 15 home runs on the team, obviously multiple, but they they have a good bit, okay? Seattle has four players that have hit at least 15 home runs this season. That's the fifth most in the American League. of their hits this season are home runs. That is the fifth highest percentage in Major League Baseball. So it's important come playoff time to be able to hit for power, and they do that really well. Eugenio Suarez, who hopefully avoided a big injury, and it looks like he'll be able to come back this year. Eugenio Suarez, 31 home runs on the year. Julio Rodriguez, superstar, 27 home runs. Cal Raleigh, 23 home runs. By the way, Cal Raleigh leads all catchers in home runs this year, and he has almost 100 less at-bats than, than the guys that you'd think and the guys that come to mind. The the Will Smiths of the world, the Wilson Contreras of the world, he has more home runs than these guys and way less at-bats. He has 23 homers on the year. Ty France, 19 home runs. So the power is a big reason for me that they can succeed in the playoffs. Julio Rodriguez, the power that is on this Mariners team. The last point I want to make, the third and final, and this is probably the biggest, they're pitching. They have a three-headed monster at the top of their rotation. Robbie Ray, Luis Castillo, Logan Gilbert. And they're really, really good. They match up well with anybody. Luis Castillo pitches the other day. A quote after the game, it's like he's playing wiffle ball. I mean, he was throwing 99 mile an hour hour two-seamers the other day, made Juan Soto look like he didn't know what he was swinging at. He's got the best eye in baseball probably. So this big three matches up well with literally anybody you can throw out there. Yes, Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, I hear you. These two can shut your team down as well. So their pitching has been great since they acquired Luis Castillo on the trade deadline day. July 30th is when they acquired him. The Mariners have the fifth best starters ERA in all of baseball, 3.30. It doesn't just end there. The bullpen. The bullpen is dominant. Los Bomberos, they're known as. The firefighters. Why? Why? because they put out fires, and they've been doing it all year long. Top five team ERA in all of baseball, top five in bullpen, 74% conversion rate on saves. That's the third best in baseball. The 365 hits they've allowed this year, that's the second best in baseball. I could go on and on, but this pitching for the team, the big three in the rotation, their bullpen, Julio Rodriguez, the Seattle Mariners are legit. They're not just going to get into the playoffs. They are going to make some noise. That stadium in Seattle is going to make some noise. And do not look at the Seattle Mariners as just a pushover team because you don't want to face them in the playoffs.
1: Are you ready for a fun fact?
0: I love fun facts. I love fun and I love facts. So exactly. I really love fun okay. facts.
1: The last time that the Mariners were in the playoffs, Julio Rodriguez was just about to turn one year old. <laughs> And he's the reason, and he is helping them hopefully end that drought and get back there.
0: Are you saying that he was born no, he, to he, get the Mariners back into the playoffs? Right. It really is astonishing when crazy. you look at it. The longest yeah. playoff drought in American sports over 20 years? Yeah. That's
1: 2001. That's when he was, yeah, the last time they were in
0: the Poor playoffs. Mariners fans.
1: Yikes. You know? Yeah.
0: We used to have a, a producer on this show, producer Conrad, um, he was a big Mariners fan and he found a way to work the Mariners into pretty much every sentence he said. <laughs> and how happy does he have to be right now? Oh, I yeah. Mean, this is this is pretty impressive what the Seattle Mariners are doing. They are back, they are for real, and they are a force. Come playoff time. But now it is time, as it is, every single Monday here on Flippin' Bats to get to my top 10 Major League Baseball power rankings. Let's start. At number 10 with the Cleveland Guardians. The Guardians are in here for the first time in a long, long time. They are back in my top 10. Since September 1st, the Guardians have an 833 road win percentage, which is tied for the best in baseball entering sunday they had won nine of their last ten it is crunch time for the guardians the white Sox are behind them they're playing good baseball but they haven't wavered and have been playing even better they have been fantastic and are much deserved to be in my top 10 they they come in at number 10. let's go to number nine tampa bay rays the rays are still playing good baseball they're 82 and 64. rays starters have been dominant all season long that's why they're here. It's because of their pitching. They have a 3.39-team ERA, which is the third best in the majors. Their bullpen has been fantastic. They have the most innings thrown by any bullpen. Rays are here at number nine. and number eight, the Seattle Mariners. I just talked a good bit about they are good. They are real. They are the real deal. Since acquiring Luis Castillo, the best pitcher on the market, on July 30th, The Mariners have the fifth best starters ERA in baseball, and their starters are a big reason why they are the real deal and match up well with anybody, not if, but when they get into the playoffs. Next up, at number seven, the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays seem to be playing lately as I expected them to all year long. They weren't doing this all year long, but if there is ever a time to do it, it is as we head to October the Blue Jays are playing great. They're 83 and 63 entering Sunday. Since September started, since the beginning of September, no team has more wins than the Blue Jays at 13. They're playing great. They're here at number seven. Let's move on to number six. At number six, I have the New York Yankees, 87 and 58. The Yankees started off on pace to break the all time record. They fell big time off that pace. The season for the Yankees is a tale in a few different parts. One, the greatest team we've ever seen. They were on pace to do things that have never been done before and to win more games than had ever been won. Post-All-Star break, they went on a 50-game stretch that was the worst 50-game stretch for the Yankees in over 30 years. And now they're playing somewhere in the middle which is what I've been saying all year long. This Yankees team isn't as good as they were playing. The Astros were still the team to beat in the American League. Then they started playing really bad. This team is much better than this. It's somewhere in the middle, and now we're seeing that. And somewhere in the middle for this Yankees team is a really good baseball team. They're here at number six. Let's move on to number five, the St. Louis Cardinals. This Cardinals team is so much fun to watch. There's so much going on. You have Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, the corner infielders, doing what they're doing, and Paul Goldschmidt on an MVP pace. Um, Nolan Arenado was on that MVP pace for a while. You have these two guys doing huge things. You have the farewell tours of Pujols and Yachty and Wainwright and Yachty and Wainwright breaking records. Pujols on the doorstep of 700, He hits another one. He's at 698. He's two away. With just a few weeks left in the season, there's a lot going on with this Cardinals team. And while there is a lot going on, they are winning a lot of baseball games. Since the trade deadline on August 2nd, no team has more wins than the Cardinals. 33 wins since the trade deadline. Best in baseball. Let's move on to number four, the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves have just been unbelievable since June 1st. Best team in baseball, um, 90-55. and Their starters have been great. Spencer Strider just breaking ridiculous records that I'll talk more about here in a little while. Their offense has been good. Their rookies have been great. This has been a combo from everybody in the organization to get where they are right now. They're right behind the Mets. Two fantastic teams. Two of the elite teams in baseball are battling neck and neck in the NL East. The Braves are here at number four. Moving on to number 3, the team that the Atlanta Braves are battling neck and neck with, the New York Mets, 92 and 55. They continue to hold on to that division lead like their life depends on it with the Braves right there behind them. The division is important here in Major League Baseball this year because if you don't win the division, we know the Braves are going to be a wild card. They'll be the number 1 seed in the wild card. Whoever doesn't win the NL East will be the number 1 seed, but That puts you in a three-game series against another wild-card team or against another team, and you're not going to want to face the Braves. Yes, but you never know in a three-game series. You just never know. So the division is important. Right now the Mets are holding on, still playing good baseball, 92-55. and They're here at number three. On to number two, the Houston Astros, one of two teams that are officially official and in the playoffs, the Dodgers being one of them the Astros being the other, 95-51. and The Astros are on a pace to have the second most wins in franchise history. They do it from every single way you can imagine. Starting pitchers, fantastic, bullpen, best in baseball, offense. Anybody on that offense can carry them. Jordan Alvarez at points can carry you. Alex Bregman can carry you. Kyle Tucker can carry you. But guess what? Right now they're all doing it and doing it well together, and this Astros team is as dangerous as ever Add on top of that what Framber Valdez has done. Add on top of that what Justin is doing, having the best year of his career, which is insanely ridiculous to be able to say. But he's on a Cy Young pace, having a Cy Young caliber year like no other, and this team is doing it in every single facet of the game. And that just leaves one team And as per usual over the last couple of months, the Los Angeles Dodgers round out my number one team. They are 144 entering Sunday, the only team in baseball to be at 100 wins already. They are on a pace to finish with the top five win total of all time. They could theoretically if they, you know, improve their pace a little bit. Reach the all-time record. That seems unlikely, but who cares at this point? The Dodgers are unbelievable. Their offense is unbelievable. Their starters have been really good. So, look, the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. They're getting into October. They're already there. They've already clenched the division. We know this. The NLS runs through the Dodgers. Never. If you ever find yourself entering a year thinking, well, maybe, just stop. Don't. It runs through the Dodgers. They've already won the division, and the Dodgers... Are the number one team in my power rankings.
1: Can I hear you say that one more time? The Dodgers are the best team in baseball. Well,
0: they're just my, what I, you did say that one, we did. We did hear the that they're number one in my power rankings. We did hear which, that they're the best team in the regular season in baseball. When the calendar turns to October, the the Dodgers change.
1: I, we talked. We talked. We talked. We talked about that last week.
0: Yeah. So yeah. look, I have no problem saying that the Dodgers yeah. right now, yes, are the best team in baseball.
1: Yeah, fastest team. To clinch fastest team to 100 wins, fastest team to 100 wins in the last 21 years. Last team to do it, Mariners.
0: It's a good little nugget there. Yeah,
1: little nugget. They're I'm gonna going. go, they're I... going. It's, it's, it is their going
0: where? Where are they, they, are they going? They're going to the World Series. Oh, ho, ho! they all are right. going
1: all the way. But speaking of greatness, mm-hmm. I think it's time for your yes. greatest players of the week. Yes. It is your team of the week.
0: All right, and now. Let's get into it. So for those that aren't aware, for those that don't know, Team of the Week, best player at every spot from throughout the week. Let's start at the catcher position. Best catcher last week, Tomas Nito. What an absolute stud. I played against this guy in the minor leagues for a couple of years, and I just remember thinking, this guy's a big leaguer. Little did I know he's a big leaguer, and he'd wind up on my flipping bats Team of the Week. 600 on the week, pretty good. Two home runs, five RBIs, just a dominant week for Nito uh, as the Mets just keep rolling. Let's move on over to first base, my first baseman on team of the week, Pete Alonso, another New York Mets. 308, two home runs, six RBIs, an absolute stud. Pete Alonso, I predicted last week, would would win the RBI crown in the National League, by the way. So we'll see about that. Added six more this week. Let's move on to second base. At second base, Glaber Torres. Torres continues to tear it up for the Yankees. 391, two home runs, eight RBIs. Just a just a just a great week. That's what it was. Tore it up in Boston, tore it up for the Yanks when they needed it the most. He's been a big reason for their success lately. Obviously, Aaron Judge has been great all year long but Glaber Torres has gotten hot when the Yankees needed it a lot because they hadn't been playing great baseball for a while, but uh, he's been big for them. Let's move on over to third base. My third baseman, Justin Turner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. 4.50, an OPS of 1,400 and two home runs on the week. Not the year that we had been accustomed to from Justin Turner over the last few years, but lately he's been rolling and he finds himself as my third baseman on Team of the Week. Next up at the shortstop position. A good friend of mine, Willie Adamas, played together in the Tigers organization a couple different locations. West Michigan teammates. He is such a good dude and had such a good week. 4.44 uh, OPS north of 1,600. A 1.639 OPS. Three home runs, 11 RBIs on the week. What an absolutely just a just a heck of a week for willie adams he rounds out my infield let's move on to the outfield three outfielders regardless of their specific position let's start with the first one julio rodriguez the j-rod show 467 an ops of 1.822 four home runs and a stolen base we all know the accolades he's breaking the only rookie ever in his debut season to go 25-25, and he's doing it in some clutch moments as well. The J-Rod Show, we knew about it at the beginning of the year. Just know it's the real deal, and he's a superstar. He's my first outfielder team of the week. Next up, next outfielder, Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker, 345 on the week, four home runs, 11 RBIs to add to his total. Just a great week. Kyle Tucker... Bombs, no batting gloves, killing it. Not great in the fantasy football world, by the way. But I'm, I, I help my my brother out in that league, and he's trying to make he's trying to wheel and deal and make some trades. But I ain't doing it. But he keeps staying hot, and he might find himself on another team of the week. 345, good for Kyle Tucker. Next up on my team of the week, the final outfielder, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge has been on here so many times this year. For a great reason. This week, 478, an OPS of 1.318. Two more home runs. Now remember, this runs from Sunday to Saturday. So the two that he added to his total on Sunday do not count for this. But they, you know, he hit two anyway. 478, two more home runs. And he is again on my team of the week. Let's move down to the designated hitter, my DH for this week's team of the week. Yordan Alvarez, 546, an OPS over six home runs, seven RBIs. What? Unbelievable. Yordan Alvarez is my DH on Team of the Week. My starting pitcher, Brandon Woodruff of the Milwaukee Brewers, 2-0 on the week in his two starts, 21 strikeouts in just 14 innings pitched and only three earned runs in those 14 innings. He was dominant. He is one of that big three in that rotation for the Brewers. He is disgusting. I faced him a ton in the minor leagues, by the way. Knew he would be a stud, and guess what? He is. He's on my team of the week as my starting pitcher. Let's round out this team of the week with my closer, Emmanuel Classe. Uh, The best closer in the American League. Edwin Diaz does exist in the National League, but these two guys have been the best in baseball. Passe added on three more saves this week. Four strikeouts, four innings, zero runs, two hits, dominance. He's out there throwing 101 mile an hour cutters. That is why he is so good. And he rounds out my team of the week. All right, from my team of the week to my flipping bats player of the week. Can we get a drum roll, please? My Flippin' Bats player of the week is Jordan Alvarez, unbelievably impressive. Any adjective you want to use to explain the week. 546, 6 home runs and an OPS over 2000. He left me saying, as my shirt says, "Who's your daddy?" Who's your daddy? However you want to read it, the answer is Jordan. Unbelievable week. I was watching the game, he hit He had three home runs in his first three at-bats, one to dead center, one to left center, pulled one, and then the very next game, his first at-bat hit one. Everybody was all concerned about his sore hand Well, he came back with a vengeance and proved, hey, my hand's not sore. I'm just fine. I'm Jordan Alvarez, and he is my Flippin' Bats Player of the Week. But let's bring out Miss Alex Curry for her. She is flying uh, out here, <laughs> floating, flying. We're her- having a good time. We're, ha- she's We're having, a having. a good great time, time on her okay? way out here. And we let's are. get her. Can we get her a drum roll? Come please, on! For our player of the week?
1: My player of the week is Julio Rodriguez. He was on your team of the week. I think it's pretty obvious because he became the first player to reach 25 home runs, 25 stolen bases in his debut season. I think the numbers speak for themselves. Ever. Right? Four home runs, 4.67 batting average. But what's even more impressive, and I gave this fun fact a little earlier, but he is a huge reason that the Mariners are in this wild card race. The last time they have been to the playoffs, this man right here was not quite one year old yet. (laughs) Not quite. So as you said, he was born and here to help the Mariners get back to the playoffs.
0: This is a little bit off topic. Actually, it's a good bit okay. off topic. But uh-huh. you said, one, love your pick. But you said when the Mariners were last time in the playoffs, he hadn't quite turned one. Yes. You know a fun thing I learned and was told when I was in Japan? Tell me. You're born yes. one. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers, to string trimmers and more. Right now you can save $50 on Select Battery Tool Sets. Real steel. Offer valid on Select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Yeah. Mind blown. Yeah, right?
1: I, that's like a whole different perspective <laughs> here. So are we all a year older than we think we are?
0: Well, I don't know. I don't okay. know. Okay. So. Julio Rodriguez, also just clutch home runs this week. The the dude is is a legend. And like Alex said, he is a huge reason why the Mariners are where they are. But before we finish up, a little extra innings segment this week. Mine, I want to talk about some of the the bright young stars in the game of baseball. One being Spencer Strider, who on Sunday Mm -hmm. set an all-time record for the fastest pitcher to reach 200 strikeouts in a season. He did it in 130 innings. Wow. He broke the record that was set by Randy Johnson. Might have heard of him. Pretty good pitcher. Struck Mm -hmm. out a lot of guys in his day. We need to be talking about Spencer Strider more. We talk about him as like, yeah, this guy's a good rookie. He's breaking records set by Randy Johnson for the fastest pitcher in a season to 200 strikeouts. Are you kidding me? This guy is the real deal for the atlanta braves and a huge reason that they are where they are he is one pitcher i want to talk about the other framber valdez of the houston astros became a record holder himself Mm -hmm. in a single season he now has the most consecutive quality starts ever in a single season 25 straight a quality start is six or more innings pitched and three earned runs or less. You might say, wow, that is a quality start. And he's done it 25 times in a row this season, breaking the all-time record in a season. Remarkable. Two studs, Spencer Strider, Framber Valdez, and I just had to find a way to highlight them. Alex, this one's been fun.
1: This has been great. This is a season of breaking records.
0: Yeah, yeah. And And, I'm here for it. And we're breaking records for the most – Fun. Yeah! On a show. Well, that does it for this Monday episode of Flippin' Bats. We're gonna do it again tomorrow. Make sure you like, subscribe, wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Follow along on all social media as well. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And you can watch every single episode on YouTube as well at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. For Alex and myself, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Until tomorrow,